Well, good morning and welcome to High Street. We are so glad that you all are joining us uh, today on this beautiful weekend. We're gonna be continuing in our Advice for Life series as we go through the book of Proverbs uh, this morning. And uh, as you heard in the MC moment, Coco mentioned that our mission here at High Street is to love God, serve people, and reach the world. And uh, one of the ways we reach the world is through our missions program here at High Street. And we uh, have the awesome opportunity to be able to support over 160 different missionaries and mission projects around the world. And um, it's with a heavy heart, I, I wanna inform you that one of our missionaries that we've sent out is uh, um, Jeff Barker passed away this weekend um, and is now with Jesus in heaven. And um, i just let you know that so that just know your, your prayers for our missionaries are so important. Um, and we, we just wanna continue the work that God's doing and uh, the, honor the sacrifice that someone made to leave what they know to go um, to a place that uh, they were not from. And so we just wanted to inform you all um, of that and to be praying for the Barker family. And so um, it kind of goes along honestly with what we're talking about this morning. And uh, that is the storms of life. And no doubt that, um, you know, just as their family's in a storm, you, you guys know what it's like to experience storms in, in your life. Uh, you're either going through one, you're about to go through one, or you will go through one. And so that is what we are going to be be talking uh, through this morning. And uh, I got to ask you a question, and that is how Midwest are you, okay? And the way that you tell that is, is what you do when a thunderstorm comes. And so my mom grew up in Ada, Oklahoma, and my dad is from Springfield, Missouri. And so at my house growing up as a kid, I didn't even know any different. When it's storming, you just go out on the porch and watch it, okay? Um, I don't think that's what people do in every area of the world, but in the Midwest, it's like, oh yeah, storm's coming. Yeah, look, yeah, look at those clouds. And then a big lightning strikes, you're like, okay, it's probably not very smart right here. But that's like a gauge of your Midwesternness. So I don't know if you are, are like me, but uh, storms are funny to think of in that way. But in our own lives, uh, we know that it carries weight. And we know that uh, storms and, and trials and, and tribulations are not things that we always want to go through, but just the reality of life is that we will go through them. And so the question that I have for you this morning is, um, who will you be after the storm comes? Where will you be after the storm comes? How will you be standing after these storms that come in life? And scripture lays out a very clear um, idea of what it looks like to not only survive the storm, but how to remain standing after it has passed. And so I wanna start today, today by reading through Proverbs 10, 25. And this is what it says. It says, when the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone but the righteous stand firm forever. I'll read that one more time. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Proverbs 12, three kind of continues this thought, and it says, no one can be established through wickedness, but the righteous cannot be uprooted. And Proverbs is kind of like what I would consider to be the diving board of scripture, right? It's that, um, you know, you get to this diving board in Proverbs and you jump off into the pool and that's the rest of the Bible, the rest of God's word. And so as we look at scripture, this is going to point, as we look at these two passages, it tells us so much about what God's word says in the rest of scripture. And the thing is with storms is that sometimes the storms we go through are self-inflicted. 
Maybe you're in here today and you're in a storm like a financial storm. And that could be because you did not handle your money correctly and you have a mountain of debt. Sometimes we inflict the storms on ourselves. Sometimes the storms are inflicted by other people. And we know that from, you know, I think about people who grew up in families or abusive situations. And those storms in your life were created by someone else because of the evil or the wickedness of somebody else. And then sometimes the storms in our life are the result of the broken and sinful world which we live in. Maybe you've uh, gotten a cancer diagnosis or um, some sort of health news that was not good, not favorable, and that's the result of living in a broken and fallen world. And we know that these storms are tough and these trials are tough and that we all face them. So the key is, is how do we stand firm through them? And and Proverbs makes it very clear that the righteous will stand firm forever, but the wicked will be swept away. And so in order for us to understand, okay, like if I'm gonna be righteous and stand firm, we have to understand what righteousness is not. And that is wickedness. And when we look at wickedness, like if you uh, walked up to someone and you described them as a wicked person, you don't do that. Like that would not be, like that's a very derogatory statement. You would only say that about someone in a very serious situation, scenario. Like that's not a word that you just throw around, to be wicked. And the reality is, is that when we look at wickedness, if you were to do a word study of this in scripture, the word rasha is a Hebrew word. It occurs over 260 times in the Old Testament. And it occurs 77 times alone in the book of Proverbs. And what wickedness is, is it's criminal. It's hostility to God. It's intentionally acting or disobediently acting towards God. And overarching as we look at this term in scripture, what it really means is guilty. And so in our world today, you would not maybe describe yourself as wicked or you might not describe other people as wicked, but the reality is, is that we are all wicked people in our hearts. You know, that's not a popular thing. That might not be what you hear all the time, but I was talking with our young adults this week about it. And in Jeremiah 17, nine, he says, the heart is desperately sick. The heart is desperate, like deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And that like, who can understand it? That's us internally in our soul. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we know that if we look at it and take a realistic look, we've all had failures, mistakes, we've done things wrong. And all of us share in that, that by nature, none of us are good. But thankfully, God is good. And even in spite of our sin, even in spite of this broken and fallen world, he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life to die on a cross, a death he did not deserve, as a payment for our sins, that our debt, our sin debt that we have is paid. So the beginning of righteousness, which righteousness is really doing right in God's sight, the beginning of righteousness is following Jesus. That you will never be in right standing with God until in humility you recognize your own sin and your need for a savior. And then as we look at, as you walk with Jesus, it's taking steps in the direction of God. It's taking steps in the direction of God. Knowing that we're gonna turn away from the things that are wicked, the things that are evil, and we are gonna pursue what 
is righteous. And in that case, we will stand firm forever. So when the storm comes, we will stand firm. We will stand firm by pursuing the righteousness of God. And here's what you might be thinking, okay? Y'all probably know people who you might describe them even as wicked. Maybe not to their face, but you know they're doing evil. And it's like, how, how is that the case? They seem to be prospering. Things seem to be going well for them. How, why? Well, when you look at Proverbs 10.25, notice that at the end it says, the righteous will stand firm forever. The truth is that we are all eternal beings. This life is temporary. So someone might be, you know, seeming to achieve and to stand firm in their wickedness right now, but for eternity they will not. It is only the righteous who will stand firm in the end. And here's the deal, you know, this can be one thing and you say it and you can know it when things are going well, but it's really hard to believe this sometimes when you're in the midst of the storm. And some of y'all today, right now, your family, your friends, who's surrounding you, you might be in the midst of the storm. And how do you know, okay God, I know this is what your word says, how do we know that we're gonna stand firm forever? How do we know, God? How do we truly know? How do we know that we are going to stand firm? How do we know the righteous will stand firm? I think there's three things that, you know, as we kind of jumped off the diving board that scripture clearly lays out of why the righteous will stand firm. And the first is this, is that uh, the righteous won't be moved because God is with us. God is with us. You know, when we look at the imminence of God or the imminent nature of God, what that means is that it is God who is sustaining our world right now, the universe, our world, but also sustaining each and every single one of us. As we involuntarily, right, breathe, right, and oxygen comes into our body and it is then pumped in our blood to the rest of our working body life, that is God sustaining us. That is evidence of the imminence of God right there. And here's the deal. Depending on what worldview you have, this can change everything. Because if you were an atheist, you would believe that there is no God at all. You would view God as non-even existent. So there's no way you can have a personal relationship with someone who's not existent. But then you look at someone who holds like a deist worldview or follows deism. What that means is that there's a knowledge that yes, there is a God, but you view him as distant and removed from society, from creation, from people's lives. But what God's word tells us is that he is near to our hearts, that he is close to us when we are brokenhearted. So in the midst of the storm, he's there with us. He's present with us. And I think one of the biggest lies Satan wants people to believe is that, okay, yeah, there is a God, but he's not a personal God. He's not walking here with us. And I think sometimes maybe that's where I get to in the midst of the storm. It's like, God, I know you're out there, but you're definitely not right here. But what scripture tells us is regardless of our feelings, the facts is that God is our heavenly father who is near. Not only that, it blows my mind that Jesus is our friend. I mean, as we sing, like, there's an old hymn, you know, like, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. It's like, really? Like, God, why would you, I'm like, Jesus, why would you want to be friends with me? A friend is someone who's close. A friend is someone who's personal. A friend is someone who knows what's going on in your life. You know, the beautiful thing about 
God is that he sent Jesus to be with us. And around Christmas time, we sing a lot of songs that have the word Emmanuel in it. And that just means God with us. I mean, if you think about the number of songs that are sung around Christmas time with that in it, it's, it's a lot. And the reason we're singing that is because Jesus, at, at Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, that God sent his son to die on a cross for us, and he's here with us. And the same is still true today, that God is still with us, that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and that we still have him living inside of us. You know, one of the passages that I, I think points to the, you know, just the nature of God so well is Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 is one of the most popular passages of scripture. And uh, it just points so much to how God is near us. And in the midst of the storm, God is right here. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And in the storm, things can feel pretty bleak. And they can feel pretty glim, or pretty gloom. And it's like, man, it's hard to even see a way out. It's hard to even see the light. But God is with us in those moments. You know, I went, I went through a season, a, a, a storm once, one of the biggest ones I've went through for myself and my family. And I remember we had just, man, it, it was a hard, hard time. And uh, we just had some things going on in our family that were dark. and. Uh, hurt that was in our lives from other people. And I remember I, I had no desire to read scripture. I remember waking up in the midst of like all this happening and I woke up and I was like, I don't wanna read my Bible. I have no desire to engage in the word. But thankfully, because I was in Christian community and I had other people disciple me and pour into me, I knew that in the midst of that, I still needed to lean into God. And you know what happened the first time I opened my Bible and I started reading that day? I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I felt, I still felt distant from God, but I had to rely on the fact that God was near and I had to lean in. And I had to keep leaning in day after day. And eventually, as I continued to lean in, God became more and more present to me. I remember, I'll never forget it, I was running one morning and I just remember this peace came over me that it felt like we had been in the midst of this storm for our family and it just, this peace came over me and I knew God was with me. And I think that uh, what my challenge is is if you're in the storm right now and you're not feeling it right, is rely on the truth of God's word and the fact and continue to lean in because he is there and he is with us. He's with us. So the righteous will stand firm forever because God is with us. The second reason you can stand firm even after the storm or during it is that God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit and he's also given us the truth of his word, okay? 
We have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And I think this is so important because at the end of his life, right, as Jesus was uh, getting ready to ascend to heaven or as he was on his way to the cross, he told his disciples, it's actually gonna be better for me if I leave because I'm going to leave with you a helper in the Holy Spirit, a counselor, one who is now, right, when we have a relationship with Jesus, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you receive the Holy Spirit that is a guide, a comforter, a counselor, counselor in your life. And you can stand firm in the midst of the storm and after because of the power of the Holy Spirit. As you're on mission for God, you have the Holy Spirit there with you, guiding you on purpose and on mission. Not only that, we have the truth of God's word as well. It's the anchor in our lives. There's a, there's a tower in, uh, in Taiwan and it's called Taipei Tower. And it's over 1,600 feet tall, okay? That's tall if you didn't know. Um, and this tower at one point was one of the tallest towers, like the tallest skyscraper in the world. And what's crazy is that in Taiwan where it's located, there's actually a fault line near the skyscraper. Also, there's typhoons and seasonal winds that blow against the, t- the tower and it's still able to stay standing. You're talking of upwards of 100 miles an hour wind hitting against this tower. And that's kind of uncomfortable for me. I'm like not trying to be at the top floor. But the way that it has stayed sustained is that between the 86th and 92nd floor of the building, structural engineers have placed, it's amazing what, what, what the human mind is capable of. Structural engineers have developed a damper ball system. And what that is, is there's this giant golden ball, if you were to see it, it's this giant golden ball of steel. And it's over 726 tons. And it's steel plate after steel plate stacked on top of each other. And what it does is motion acts against the building. It takes that motion and converts the energy into heat by pushing fluid through small openings within the damper system. And I'm like, if you don't know how it works, neither do I, but it does work. The tower is still standing. And it's one of those things, it's like, I think that is a perfect depiction of the Holy Spirit and truth of God's word in our lives, sustaining us. That we've got something inside of us that we can lean to. We've got the truth of God's word that we can lean to, that as the storms come and the winds blow, right, that we can still stand firm. You know, and I think about it like this, is we live in a world And I think we live in a world that often panics and overreacts and uh, is tossed to and fro. It seems like there's a lot of instability. And the reason I think that happens is because why would you not be that way if you didn't anchor your life to the truth of God's word? See, the truth of God's word is unchanging. It's the same as uh, yesterday and today and it'll be the same tomorrow. It's unchanging. This truth in our lives is something that is a foundational piece of who we are that we as believers should take the Bible and use it as the lens through which we make sense of the world. And what that does is like that might seem limiting to some people, but actually it's so freeing because God then adds so much clarity to all of the confusion that's going on. And you have this anchor of truth in your life that in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the chaos, you're able to stand firm because of the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Righteous can stand firm because of that, because God is with us, but also because Christ is our foundation. 
And I don't think there's any better uh, explanation of this than Matthew chapter seven, where Jesus says this. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation where? On the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, this is the, the wicked person. This is the evil person. This is the person who's not concerned with the things of God is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. How many times, like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I think Jared just recently had a message, uh, maybe it was a couple months ago, about like, what foundation are you building your life on? If it's not Christ, it's gonna falter. What foundation are you building your friendships on? What foundation are you building your family on? What foundation are you raising your children on? If it's not the foundation and the rock of Jesus, then what is it? And it will fail. It's the only foundation in which we can build our lives on and it's the only way we will make it through the trials of life. You know, the beautiful thing about that is that you know, if, if you're having, um, if you're in the midst of the storm and maybe you're thinking like, I've created all this on my own. The great news is that because of the grace of God, it's never too late. It's never too late because of the grace of God to begin building your life on Christ. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel is you don't earn it, you don't deserve it, it's a gift to you and it's never too late to accept it. And so I don't know where you're at in life and, and what you've been doing, but just know it's never too late to build your life on the foundation that is Christ. And, and one of the things that I hear a lot of times is people tell me is like, I couldn't come to church, the walls would fall down. I've had multiple people tell me that and what they don't realize is that we all have the same starting place, that none of us are innately good and that we're wicked in need of a savior and that all of us have what? The opportunity to build our lives on Christ. And if you're in here today and you say that is my foundation, that should do two things for us. That should put us on mission and make us evangelists and disciple makers. You know, when we look at that, like because Christ has rescued us and given us just this grace of being able to be on mission, I mean, most people in my life that I think of that are going through storms right now, they might not be here. That I think really, really need this. And what we have to do when remembering that it's not us who's doing it, that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit is we have to go outward as a church and we have to share the hope of Jesus with a broken and with a hurting world. And the second thing we have to do is we have to pour into other people and show them the foundation. You know, we spent all this time uh, uh, at the beginning of the year talking about, we had our conversations campaign and we were challenging people, have the conversations that matter most. Most people are going through life and never having conversations that truly matter. And so what we said is, man, we, we, we put this book together and guess what? All it is is God's word thrown into a book, right? And we just said, man, if you can go through this with somebody and help them establish in the basics of the faith, like they'll begin to build their life on the firm foundation. 
that all of us have that responsibility to go and then to show others. Kyle just mentioned it up here. He said, God, we all have a next step to take. Everybody has a next step to take. And one of my favorite things is getting to be involved in our young adult community here. And you see people that are 18, 19 years old and they're, they're taking people and showing them what it looks like to follow Christ. Because they know, I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to point someone to God's word and help them take the next step. That as a church, we should be, as Pastor Eddie says, an army of evangelists and disciple makers. That that's our mission. That's, that's the practical application besides trusting in God through the midst of the storm. You know, as I sit across from one of these young guys this week at uh, Missouri State's campus, I was like, hey man, how was your summer? Tell me about it. And uh, he began to just kind of tell me and we're having a conversation that matters, right? And he says, man, I just, I dealt with a lot of bitterness this summer and I just had to take that to God and I had to just kind of turn it over to him. And the reason he was bitter is because this guy grew up in a family situation that was not ideal. There was just some, some dynamics that were unhealthy, some drug addictions. And he said, I held on to that bitterness. I mean, he's, he's 19 years old now. The storm doesn't end quickly. This guy's been in a storm for a long time, not by his choosing, but you know what? He is standing firm at 19 years old because he has began to anchor his life on the truth of God's word because somebody cared enough to throw the life preserver out there and rescue him and show him that there's a better way, that there's a way where you can have hope and there's a way you can have healing. And now the Holy Spirit is working in this man's life, releasing him of bitterness and he is standing firm in the midst of the storm. You know, uh, I've shared this with some people in here and that um, about a year and a half ago, my, my grandmother basically lost everything. Um, her husband passed away. My grandfather passed away of a heart attack. Uh, and then um, she had a stroke and it left her where she could not move at all, has no physical ability. I mean, she, she can move, but just can't move the way she once was. She, she can't take care of herself. She lost her house, she lost her car, she lost her husband, she lost a big part and a piece of her health. And I look at that situation, I say, God, please, God, don't let that be me. At the end of my life, God, please, I, I, like, I don't wanna experience that. My prayer is that none of you would, but the reality is the storms of life come. And I look at her and you know what, when I go and visit her at the facility she lives at now, Every time I'm there, I, always, I take my daughter a lot and everybody wants to stop and talk to you, with you when you got a three-year-old with you. And, but every time they tell me, the, the workers who stop there, they tell me, man, your, your grandmother is just the sweetest lady. You're so lucky to have her. Man, your grandma is so kind. She's so nice. She's so, we love taking care of her. We love being around her. And I don't know if they realize it or not, but what they're saying is, we love your grandmother because she's righteous and she has stood firm in the midst of the storm. That she has a hope and a peace about her, knowing that eternally she is secure, knowing that this is just her temporary home. She doesn't have to be cranky, grumpy, mean, scared, because she has hope, because she has peace. And that's offered to all of us as we pursue the righteousness of God. And I don't know if you've ever said yes to following Jesus. You might be in a storm right now, I don't know what it is. Maybe your family's in a storm, you have a wayward child, 
you have health struggles, financial struggles, struggles at work, whatever the storm looks like, I have no idea for you, but I know this, I know it's real for you. And I know this as well, God is right by your side. He's at your right hand, you don't have to be shaken. He's there with you, going through it with you. If you don't have that peace, I would ask you, have you ever said yes to following Jesus? In humility, have you ever recognized, I'm a sinful person, I'm a wicked person, and I need a savior? That's the starting point of standing firm right there.